Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today we have part three of Levi Lusco's message about winning the war within. I declare war. Here's Levi. And I want to give you just a, a couple thoughts to have in your heart stirring as you, as you choose to declare war. In the book, I actually give you a full like contract where you can actually make it official and write a declaration of war. Because something changes once you declare war to sign that and date that. And as you sort of really begin this conversation as we do together, I want to, I want to give you just three quick principles on declaring war. Consider this a Costco-sized sample. And if, if this blesses you, get the book. The chimichangas are on aisle 17. All right, number one, <laughs> jot this down. We having fun. Uh, if you don't like any of these things I'm saying, the regular guy will be back in two weeks. And he's <laughs> fitter, smarter, and easier on the eyes. All right, number one, <laughs> mind your head. If you want to wage war, you got to go where the battle is the hottest. And that will always be in the strongholds. You'll never really see what, what God has in this life for you if you don't take out the strongholds. The, the battle in Teddy Roosevelt's story was the battle for San Juan Hill. Elevated positions always give the enemy superiority. That's, by the way, why the space race was so important to Kennedy and the nation. It was to control the high ground of the moon because the fear with Sputnik and the whole thing about the, 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 the Soviets getting the moon was that they'd be able to rain down missiles any time they wanted to because they would have the high ground. The reason we have the most powerful military in the history of the world is, is in part because we control the skies. And now, come on, let's just thank God for those who serve in the armed forces in, in our day, especially here at the church. But the, the fight is always to control the, the high ground. So it was at the Battle for, Battle for Bunker Hill and Normandy, the high elevated machine gun positions there in France. And so it is in your life as well. And that's why Paul said, what did he say? He said, that's why I keep every thought captive. There's not a higher part of your life, literally, than your head. And this battle will be fought, won, or lost in your mind. As Proverbs 23 tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Colossians tells us to set your mind on things that are above. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your, say it with me, of your mind. And Jesus said, as we love God, we're to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our, say it with me, mind. What I'm trying to get you to see is that negative thoughts can't lead to a positive life. And that's why uh, so oftentimes you're not going in the direction that you want to go. Because every thought is a train. That's why they call them a train of thought. So before you allow a thought in your mind, what you have to ask yourself is, is this line of thinking, this level of thinking going to take me to somewhere that I actually want to be? Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that the solution for every problem in your life is mind over matter. But what I am saying is that what happens in your mind really does matter. And you can't live right if you won't think right. So we have to mind our heads. Secondly, jot this down. If you want to declare war, you need to use your words. Use your words. They say that the average human speaks about 5,000 words a day. And obviously, we could say a lot about the words that we speak to others and whether our words are kind and full of life or negative. I mean, the book of Proverbs says that words kill, words give life. 
They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And that's, that's obviously very important that, that our words to other people are speaking life. But let me ask you this question. How do you speak to you? Because when I'm frustrated driving home from work and when I stand in the doorway watching my kids sleep and after uh, a fight with my wife that I wish I hadn't, uh, you know, fallen into, so often the way I talk to myself is to berate me and to say, God, you idiot, Levi, why would you do that? And how could you be so dumb? And I talk to myself in a way I wouldn't talk to any one of you if you came to me for counsel. And I'll never forget the day that God really spoke to my heart. Levi, you're not coaching yourself. You're just berating yourself. So I fired myself on the spot. Levi, you are fired. <laughs> you're fired. But fortunately, there's an opening in the, in, in the department. In, the, in, the, in this organization, there's an opening. We don't have any room for a, a full-time critic. Sorry. There's no room for that in this life. Uh, but we do, however, have an opening for a coach. And so I decided to start coaching myself and speaking life to myself and saying to myself, you can do it. Come on, you got this. Come on, Levi. Come on, Levi. Make the right choice. Humble yourself. Speak life. Be thankful. Be kind. And I encourage you to do the same thing as well. Coach yourself to lifelikeness because words create atmosphere around you. And they can either be full of faith or be full of doubt. Your words will either unlock a life you love or a life you loathe. And my encouragement to you is this. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, he should be the Lord of your lips as well. So use your words for good and not for evil. Well, third and finally this week as we begin to wrap this up, I want to encourage you to keep showing up. To keep showing up in the battle to keep showing up at church, to keep showing up in your small group, to keep showing up in your marriage, to keep turning up and keep showing up and keep turning up. And when you fail and when you fall, because you will, to get back up and dust yourself off and go another round. Don't quit. Don't stop. You got this. Come on. I love, I love stories of perseverance, especially in business and cre the creative world. Uh, I have in my pocket a Leatherman knife. I came across uh, the story of the, the man who started the Leatherman Corporation. Tim Leatherman's his name. He had this idea for a, a pair of pliers that would also have a pocket knife on them. That didn't exist at one point. And so he thought, I'll make it. Turned out it was harder than he thought. And he spent almost three years working on it till he got the patent. And he hit a low point on his 30th birthday, crying in his garage, couldn't get it to work. But finally, he was issued a patent. The United States Patent Office gave him a patent on the first ever Leatherman knife. And then he had to try and sell it, but no one would buy it. He went to store after store. He went to the U.S. Army. He went to the Stanley Company, just all over. He received 500 rejection letters for his No one wanted to buy it because it was too much of a knife for the tool company and too much of a tool for the knife companies. So he almost hung the whole thing up until a friend encouraged him to send one more letter which he sent to the store Cabela's. And they said, mm, we don't know. We'll, we'll buy a couple. We'll do a test run. And they purchased a few thousand dollars of, of, of this tool. And it was such a smash hit, such a smash success that this now has created a brand new category, the multi-tool. And it's a billion dollar a year company with something like 35 different models and 400 employees at this company. It's such an absolute success story. And I think his story of eight years of perseverance really shows what it takes to win the war. Yeah. Now, before we pray, and we're about to, 
You might be saying to me, that's all great, Levi. Keep showing up. Got it. But what about Larry and Chrissy? Because, man, we need to know how they got out of the ice. (laughs) Well, as the story goes, just before they drowned, Larry, in the video I was watching, talked about how his hands fell to his side, and he realized he had a Leatherman in his pocket. And he opened it up and made pliers out of it, and he was able to grab it and stab the edge of the ice and pull him and his wife out. And at the end of the video I watched, it showed him meeting Tim Leatherman and thanking him. And all I could think of lying in bed watching this video was this. Eight years, this guy kept going and kept going and kept going. Turned out it wasn't just his life he was saving. And the reason that you need to not give up in the war that you're in is because God is going to keep you alive so you can bless somebody else. It's not about us. We're here for others. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to win the war within. But don't forget, you're not the only one fighting a difficult. That was Levi Lusco, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Levi Lusco, I Declare War, Winning the War Within. You can also find out more information about him at his website, LeviLusco.com. I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless. God bless.